0: Leadership File, on Premier. Welcome to the show which talks to Christian leaders about the topics that really matter. I'm Andy Peck. Christian leaders typically need to have a bit of a handle on a number of areas. Most do some public speaking, leading of meetings and conversations one-on-one and also most engage in an area that's the topic of today's show, financial management. Some do so somewhat reluctantly, but handling and understanding church finances or charity finances is an important feature of Christian leadership. Many ministries have come unstuck because they did not give sufficient importance to this important area. To help us think through what we need to know, I welcome to the Leadership File two men who hopefully know more than most of us about the subject. Uh, Graham Dawes and Chris Sheldon. Graham is trustee of the Association of Church Accountants and Treasurers and the director of the non for profit unit of Crow Clark Whitehall, a large audit firm. And Chris is the CEO of Kingdom Bank, a UK based independent Christian bank specialising in providing financial services to churches. So, welcome to the Leadership File. Hello. Good to, good to have you both with us. Uh, Graham, perhaps maybe you could give us a, a brief introduction on how you came to be part of the Association of Church Accountants and Treasurers, ACAT, or ACAT, I guess.
1: Sure, ACAT we call it. Hmm. I was approached by the then chairman of ACAT, who I tended to meet every so often on the charity round, again asking would I be interested in joining the committee. Hmm. At the time, I felt, yes, it seemed the right thing to do, Uh, And later I found out that what he was really after was uh, my background knowledge, my connections, because, of course, uh, the development of ACAT was uppermost in his mind. Since then, i found that it has been very useful to me too, and I have had an opportunity to provide specialist input to ACAT.
0: Right. And the sort of thing the association does? I appreciate sure that may be a long answer but in no, terms it's a of a very short answer. Is it?
1: <laughs> ACAT champions the church treasurer and mm. accountant and that is especially needed because very often they are undervalued by the church leadership. ACAT provides expertise, it provides training, it um, enables anybody who is asked to take on this role quickly to get up to speed. That's Mm. our aim.
0: Well, that sounds like a vital aim. We're going to look a bit more at at unpacking that. Perhaps uh, introducing Chris. uh, Chris Sheldon is the um, CEO of Kingdom Bank. Um, So, uh, Chris, just remind us how Kingdom Bank came into being and and your own background.
2: Yes, certainly. uh, Kingdom Bank traces its roots back uh, nearly 60 years to the 1950s. Um, when the Assemblies of God was the uh, church movement that was growing quite uh, rapidly in the UK and uh, planting new congregations. And at that time, they found it really difficult to get hold of money. Banks wouldn't lend money to to churches, particularly to Pentecostal churches. And um, and so one of the pastors at the time decided to set up a fund, um, put some money into it and started lending money to to new congregations. And that's really what Kingdom Bank does today. It's grown and expanded from that time, and uh, now it specialises in lending money to all kinds of, uh, of churches. Uh, it has a, a mission statement, which is to, to to build God's kingdom and to change lives. And uh, so we, we're all about using money and finance to grow uh, our Lord's kingdom. Um, we do that through... Savings accounts for individuals and churches. We lend money to churches and we look after all kinds of insurance needs for churches as well. Okay. uh, And you have a banking background yourself? Yes, I I worked for one of the high street banks for about 25 years and then I came to work in in Kingdom Bank uh, around about 12 years ago. Uh, And first of all, when I arrived there, I was the the one that did all the lending. Um, But more recently, I've been chief executive and spend my time uh, actually... uh, uh, leading the bank and giving direction to, to the future
0: Splendid Splendid Well Now uh, Graham going, coming back then to the uh, the work that ACAT do in, in supporting treasurers um, um, often the person giving a treasurer's report at AGM is somewhat apologetic they know that many in the congregation find the financial side very difficult um, Now I mean I'm interested that Jesus's parables often mention money around half and the apostle Paul was happy to be a fundraiser for the Jerusalem church so um, you know Money is is clearly an important part of church and charity life and it's not something we should sneeze at and undermine.
1: I would wholeheartedly agree with that. But at the same time, um, what I'm always aware of is the great difference there is between the wealthy and those of only modest means, um, in which we find that that doesn't in any way relate to their spiritual motivation. Some of the strongest workers in the Christian movement... Mm-hmm have no money, no wealth, nothing they can just give of themselves, they then depend on the wealthy philanthropists. Many of the wealthiest people um, can gain from seeing how strong is that motivation and it often is the incentive for them to help out and to even up this inequality which is only to do with earthly life and not spiritual gifts at all. Sure, sure. Now, I mean, are there particular things that you
0: you believe that church or charity accountants and treasurers would kind of want to say to leaders listening that that maybe they would be unable to in the personal relationships they
1: have? A difficult question because it is hard for someone who's given a task to look after the money side of things uh, to start talking to the spiritual leadership about uh, the spiritual side of money. Um, the response is likely to be well isn't that a contradiction in terms Mm, mm. Um, my answer to that would be that money actually doesn't exist it's uh, a figment of the imagination we are long ago off the gold standard money is confidence confidence that each of us when we do a bargain will honour the bargain and that keeps the economy of the world going that confidence comes from our trust in the almighty that is my take on this subject
0: my word! Well, that's that's quite a. Uh, we, we, I'm sure we could <laughs> we could explore that at uh, at some level. Um, so, a, a, a question for both you both guys: as you observe church leadership in UK churches, and uh, you know, are there common mistakes you think that are made when it comes to considering the whole business of finance? I don't know, Graham, if you want to go first.
1: I I would offer a common mistake is the obvious one, um, to trust that the Almighty will provide and then not to do anything about it, Mm. is clearly um, an unbalanced attitude. On the other hand, to say, I can do everything myself, Mm. is an equally unbalanced attitude. Somewhere in the middle is the right attitude, which looks up to the Almighty for help and guidance, Mm. and tries the uh, initiatives which come to one, hopefully through the guidance, Mm. and then keeps looking to see if these are what is uh, really intended, um, if this is the right way forward. Yeah. So we need the humility to be able to accept we may not have got it right. We mm. need the confidence and the trust to keep going when things are difficult.
2: Yeah, yeah. And anything to add, Chris? Yeah, I, um, I think there's um, – my, my first point really would be um, we need to remember that, that as you said earlier, that the, the Bible does say an awful lot about money. Uh, and uh, uh, there, there is something like 2,350 verses in the Bible that talk about money and possessions. Wow. Um, and that represents 8% of the Bible. Gracious um, me. <laughs> and uh, I, I once said to my, uh, to, to my vicar, um, uh, 8% of the Bible talks about money. Do we have 8% of the sermons in this church on, <laughs> on money and possessions? Um, and he challenged me and said, actually, I think we do. But uh, that, that's another story. Mm. But I think that's important to, to, to recognize and, uh, and actually to make sure that we, we do use the, the, the Bible to help and guide us in, mm. in the way that we manage our finances as as churches and as organizations, but I would go on beyond that to say, actually, we need to remember and recognize that we we live in a in a society that has got rules and regulations that uh, that we 're required to follow mm. as as trustees and uh, as treasurers um, and uh, and uh, my experience is that uh, that often churches don't realise and don't appreciate the fact that, that those rules are there and that they should be following them. Um, the Charity Commission uh, is actually a very helpful organisation, has a, a huge amount of information on their website, um, has very practical useful tools on how to manage money, has checklists on things that you should do on a regular basis to ensure that the finances are kept properly in order and uh, so Often, when I'm talking to churches, they they don't even realise that that uh, that is that information is there, that it's available to them, that it's actually practical, mm. and uh, and they they try to do things in their own way without actually taking advantage of all the information that's there, it, that's that's ready and available for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: This uh, question of <coughs> compliance with uh, regulation is uh, particularly important. I would go along with that wholeheartedly. Um, in my own background, um, from, from my time in the 1990s in the Charity Commission, it was very clear to me. Firstly, as you say, many churches didn't realise there were charities. Uh, the registration of um, the larger ones uh, took a long time uh, for all the different denominations. And eventually it became clear that there is a body of guidance there that the Mm. secular authority can offer to the spiritual authority. Uh, And there's a justification for it. Because when we reach out to help people who don't perhaps yet have a faith in God or perhaps that faith is not yet strong enough, Mm. we need to be able to talk their language. And that language is all about uh, complying with the requirements of earthly life in which the motivation is what distinguishes us yeah. and that motivation must deal also with compliance with the earthly authorities as well as with god's law mm-hmm. yeah can i just add to that Please. that uh,
2: that uh, uh, surely if there are rules and regulations in in the society in which we live then don't we as as members of the church want to be the best don't we want to be excelling in that area and actually Doing everything beyond what the the, the the rules and regulations say and uh, and so uh, for me it 's really important that that uh, the, the starting point is what the rules and regulations say, and that we should be automatically dealing with all of those, but actually going beyond that mm. with our own integrity and responsibility yeah
1: a very good point to make, uh, mm. and I think it ties in quite nicely <coughs> with the whole Um, ethos of charity regulation, which is that in public accountability, churches like any other charity need to show the public uh, that they are being open, transparent, fair minded, Mm. not distorting anything Mm. and especially sensitive to the needs of the people who are to be helped. Mm. And let's face it, we all need help at some time or other and usually uh, we need it for our spiritual life as well.
0: Well, you're listening to the Leadership Fire with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Graham Dawes and Chris Sheldon. We're looking at uh, financial management and we'll be back just after this. Welcome back to Leadship Fire with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Graham Dawes and Chris Sheldon. Uh, Graham's a trustee of the Association of Church Accountants and Treasurers and also the director of the non-for-profit unit of Crow Clark Whitehill, a large uh, audit form firm. Uh, Chris is the CEO of Kingdom Bank, a UK-based independent Christian bank specialising in providing financial services to churches. Um, so we were talking before the break a little at, um, at the importance of uh, good financial management, that uh, churches are also um, governed by the charitable laws uh, just as charities are and that's something not always appreciated. So um, Jesus, guys, um, famously spoke of using wealth in the parable of the unjust steward. It's a bit of an unfair one to to go with perhaps in Luke 8, 16, because some people will be aware it's a quite a tricky parable to interpret and understand. But learned scholars um, uh, you know, interpret it in a variety of ways. But it's th- th- there was a line in the parable that says, the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself so that when it's gone, you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. I'm just wondering of the things that churches and charities typically miss Doing when it comes to utilising finances that um,
2: that's quite common within the rest of the uh, society. I don't know if you want to start with that Chris. I find this an exciting passage as well as being a challenge. It talks about the fact that that we have skills and we have knowledge and we have understanding and abilities. And uh, for me, what it's t- saying is uh, that Jesus says that if you've got those skills and abilities, you ought to use those in managing the finances that are under your control. Um, he praises the the people who are misusing finances and, and says, well, actually, they've learned how to use them to their benefit. But you as Christians, you are, are, are people of, of the kingdom, and you should learn how to use finances to build the kingdom and and use all the skills and abilities that you have and and find the most effective way to use those. And I think that's really important as we learn and look at how to manage finances. I'm not suggesting that we should take risks with those, I'm not suggesting that we should um, put the church money at, at, at any kind of risk, but that we should be using our skills to make sure that they're used effectively and safely to build his kingdom and to grow the kingdom of God.
0: Mm. Mm
1: -hmm. I have been reflecting on this too, Chris, and my feeling is that we always need to be careful with this particular parable to focus not on the conduct of the steward, but on the conduct of the master, and especially on how upholding the name of the steward's master was what Jesus was really commenting on. Mm that it is important for us to realise that we have to work with the earthly tools at our disposal. They all belong to God. Mm. We only have the loan of them. And therefore, in the greater or smaller measure that we have the use of these mm. resources, we have to learn how to do it properly. But on the other hand, to my mind, motivation is paramount. We must be doing it for the right reason. Otherwise, it all goes wrong. I'm
0: sure. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay, well, that's very helpful. And thank you for the, you know, for... for being prepared to grapple with that. It's got quite a tricky, a tricky parable. But I thought it was worth bringing up um, because it, it it seems to me often that the church leaders are a little bit naive and a bit glib, and you know, often it's it's the the wealthy and the philanthropists who 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 have looked after finances well, who who then are able to be behind churches and charitable activities, and some of those who are a little bit sniffy about all this (laughs) Uh, are the very ones who are you know living for tomorrow you know for today and tomorrow but not for the for the real future
2: yeah yeah i I think um it it is a case of 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 learning from uh from the world that we live in and using the skills that 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 teaches us to to use money wisely uh and to use it for good as Mm. i mentioned before there's an awful lot of verses that tell us how to do that. And actually, um, we need to use that information along with the skills that we learn in, in, uh, in education, in the world, um, from other people yeah. to, uh, to, to actually build um, God's kingdom. For me, it's all about building the kingdom. Sure, sure. I so,
1: if I might add to that, that it would also be dangerous for us to be focused too much on money. And what we're really concerned with here is the use of earthly powers. And money Mm. just happens to be one of the easiest to get Mm. to grips with. The earthly powers are the the complement of our spiritual powers. Mm. And as I see it, what we are really striving to do in the whole of the Christian community is to help each other to become more spiritual, Mm. to be more tuned to eternal life, But at the same time, not to lose sight of this life because we have to keep our feet on the ground. Mm. Otherwise, we won't have anything left to be able to work with.
0: Indeed. Indeed. Thank you. So um, can you think of some what we might call good practice when it comes to money management? Some uh, leaders listening may be thinking, well, OK, what what would you
2: advise in terms of good money management? Maybe, Chris, you could address that. I suppose... for, for a church leader, somebody who is, is perhaps the pastor or the leader of the church, so I think the the most important thing is to seek out and find somebody within the congregation that has the appropriate skills and the appropriate abilities to to look after the money and finances, uh, actually to give that high priority, um, uh, because uh, it's, I believe it's most important to make sure that is well managed and well looked after and um, I know that there are lots of other uh, responsibilities within a church, but actually, that, um, this is one of the highest priority um, that to ensure that that the money is managed well. Mm. Uh, so I would say to a church leader, find somebody who does know what they're talking about, somebody who is willing to learn and to use the information, willing to join organisations like ACAT to get. The, uh, the the information that's available, willing to read that and understand it, and to put the time and effort into managing mm. the money properly and carefully, and uh, and actually make sure that they do have that responsibility, um, and uh, and make sure that they do have a voice in the management of the church, mm. so that the <coughs> finances form uh, a key part of that. Mm.
1: Mm. My own take on it is that. I would look for someone who has very obvious commitment to the mission of the church, regardless of whether they have the financial skills, as long as they're willing to learn. I take your point about that. But my feeling is that you can add these skills to someone who has a strong motivation. Mm, whereas mm. if they have the strong skills and the motivation is weak, um, this is a risky Indeed. <laughs> a risky assignment. Sure, sure. Yes.
2: OK. Ma- maybe I can just add a little bit. Yeah, to please that. do. Um, wh- when uh, when we at Kingdom Bank are talking to churches uh, about lending money to mm. them, um, we have to spend quite a bit of time with the, the church treasurer and we have to spend quite a bit of time understanding the way that the, the, the money works and the money flows and, uh, and actually it, it can become quite clear quite quickly whether a church is, is, is one that, who we would be willing to lend mm. money to um, based on the ability of that church to give us information so mm. we might say to them well could we have a look at the last year's accounts from the church and uh, 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 and if they say to us, well, actually, we haven't sent them to the accountant yet, um, and it may be six months after the end of their financial year, then immediately we're starting to think, well, does this church really take this matter seriously? Mm-hmm. Um, or we look on the Charity Commission website, and we find that the, the, uh, the returns that are submitted to the Charity Commission are late. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, actually, we identify that this is a high-risk church, and uh, we're not likely to lend money to a church in that position. No, you're very wise, Um, indeed. So that's my point about making sure that there's somebody Mm -hmm. that really has that responsibility.
1: Mm. Also, I would (coughs) add that budgeting is very necessary nowadays. Mm. Um, Probably most churches are not wealthy enough to be able to do without cash flow management, without budgeting for next year's expenditure and uh, how they're going to make sure that they can uh, continue to fulfil the aims that they've set themselves. And mostly they want uh, to continue their outreach, they want to grow, Mm. uh, they want to balance their um, population. Mm. You know, the big problem of an ageing church Mm -hmm. uh, membership... Uh, and how do we deal with young people who perhaps are not even brought up to understand the very concepts that we're trying mm. to to bring to the world? All of these are issues where it's necessary usually nowadays for churches to budget. Yeah. But it can be kept simple. My own feeling is that actually because churches don't tend to trade, this is not their big thing. Um, churches tend to use money in a way of just furthering a mission that doesn't have a, a mm. business Aspect, um, I suppose, really um, not. This is not value for value in the earthly sense. It's spiritual values mm. which are being traded. Quote, and for that reason, church finances should be basically very simple.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, and time's almost gone, um, guys. But um, <clears throat> the biggest risk that church leaders face and how they can make sure they're controlled.
2: Yeah, I, um, for me, risk is is something mm. that churches don't think about very mm. very much. Um, once again, there's some good guidance on the Charity Commission website. Um, there that helps churches, um, well, any charity, but it does very much apply to churches. Um, helps people to think through the risks. To think about the risks to the people. Think about risks to uh, to the, the the property if they have some. But uh, also think about other risks that might impact on on the way that church life is run and uh, i would encourage churches to to use the guidance on on the website there um, and that helps people to identify risks and then once you've identified them you then to think about well what can we do about those risks mm. um, and that's uh, really where i suppose in some cases insurance is a relevant thing to think about mm. um even if you're a small church um renting a, 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 some premises. Um, you still have risks that you should probably insure because uh, a member of the congregation can still um, sue the church for uh, for an accident that happens, and there's a big liability there, and that would be the responsibility of the tr- trustees and the church leaders. And it's very simple to take insurance to cover that, uh, and not very expensive. Um, and I think very often people miss that that point.
0: Okay. Well, as I say, time has gone, but my thanks to to Graham Dawes and uh, to Chris Sheldon for coming and sharing on, on financial management I hope there'll be some tools here for you as a church leader or a charity leader that you can uh, uh, pick up on and um, <clears throat> maybe um, indeed go to the Charity Commission's website um, Kingdom Bank is um, presumably has a website
2: yeah kingdombank.co.uk nice and easy to find and
0: um, and uh, the Association of uh, Church Accountants and Treasurers can be found at www.acat.com uk.com So thank, thank you, you thank worry. you Chris, thank, thank you Graham you. and thank you for listening to uh, Tune in again next Sunday at 3.30 You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr dot uk yeah.